Hello and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 279. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to discuss Discovery's third season episodes, Terra Firma Part 1 and Terra Firma Part 2. We're going to discuss them as one. Here we go. Terra Firma Parts 1 and 2, Season 3, Episodes 9 and 10. Original release dates, December 10th and December 17th, 2020. Directed by Omar Madha and Chloe Domont. Teleplay by Alan McElroy and Kalinda Vasquez. Story by Boyan Kim, Erica Lippold, and Alan McElroy. Guest cast include Michelle Yeoh as Philippa Giorgio, Oded Fair as Charles Vance, Blue Del Barrio as Adira Tal, Hannah Cheeseman as Arium, David Cronenberg as Kovic, Paul Gil- Foyle as Carl, Daniel Cash as Dugan, Tig Notaro as Jet Reno, Rekha Sharma as Ellen Landry, Emily Coots as Kayla Detmer, Patrick Kwakchun as Gin Reese, Oyen Oladehu as Joanne Oshakun, Ronnie Rowe Jr. as R.A. Bryce, Sarah Midich as Nilsson, Julianne Grossman as Discovery Computer, Hannah Spear as Dr. Issa, and David Benjamin Tomlinson as Kelpian Servant. <laughs> Kluber is visited by Kovic, a mysterious Starfleet operative who explains that since Giorgio has both traveled through time and from a different universe, the Mirror Universe, her molecules have moved too far from their original origin and she is now likely to die. Consulting with Discovery's computer, which has been augmented with the intelligent spirit data, Kluber believes that Giorgio could be saved by traveling to an unhammered planet, Danius V. Meanwhile, Stamets and Andrea use the SB-19 data to trace the source of the burn to a nebula and discover a distress signal from a Kelpian starship. I should be dead. Kill me. Give me the honor I deserve. You deserve many things. And kill me for your own sake. Because every moment you hesitate is a moment and everyone can see how weak you become. You're about to find out how weak I've become. Terra Firma. No, no echoes from you guys. No, I guess it doesn't work. Steve, kick us off on the Terra Firmas. Yeah, so um, I think I like these better this time around than the first time I watched. And the first time I watched it, of course, was less than a year ago. Wait, is that right? Yeah? What was the air date? Uh, December 10th and 17th. Wow. Amazing. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think, I think when I first watched it, I mean, you know, it's, it's no, it's, it's obvious that we're not such big fans of the, the season, especially of this series. But I, I think when I was watching it the first round, it was kind of like, we're just, we're just trudging through. Here we go. Here's more convoluted convoluted stuff you know and onward and so forth and watching these two parts together yeah there's it's not it's not fantastic or something but it's it's got some stuff going for it i think one um there you know you're you're getting a whole lot of uh michelle yo is Giorgio, which is great um you've got the time travel element you of course you don't know until later that you know you were dealing with the guardian of forever and that kind of thing of course that's again it's one of these things that seems like they're kind of handing kind of a you know nerd bait or whatever to make you like it that kind of thing um but overall i like the whole notion of you know this she's in like she's like a stranger in a strange land when she's 
in back in her home universe and it hasn't been that long since she's been there in the grand scheme of things a lot of it i mean i'm not saying it's a it's a some spectacular feat of writing but i think it's 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 decent and with her how, how good of an actress she is it it really it really comes off i mean you feel like you know i go home and all of a sudden everything i thought i understood and i know isn't quite what i want it to be and and you know and then that ultimately comes out to be what the what the test is about right um i like that idea um there's a bit of a distaste for the mirror universe in general with this because of how it derailed the first season and and, and that that memory comes back pretty quickly it's like well here we go again let's derail another season right and i don't know if it needed to go on so long but um it, it, it did. I, th- I think overall it was it was it was pretty effective. I think as far as a one-two punch, these two parts together, I, w- I was entertained. I, I thought it was. I, I enjoyed it overall, and it's like a it's kind of a, a contained story within a season of a whole lot of stuff going on that they had to kind of keep up some continuity and so forth too. So, I guess those are my first takes on this. Adam, what are you thinking? Yeah. So if you if you go back to the first two seasons, there's. You know, they go off on a wild tangent, roughly about this point in the season, about about two thirds of the way in. And, in the, you know, it's usually, well, I believe in the first season, it was like four, it felt like four, it felt like forever, but I'll just say it was three or four episodes where we go on this wild tangent that has nothing to do with the main line of the season. They did that in season two. And they do do it here, but it works better in season three. I don't know, maybe it's just the, you know, they've done two seasons and they're getting better at it. But, this tangent was has been set up kind of throughout the whole season. You know, we've known, you know, we've known for a while there's something wrong with Giorgio. They've hinted at it, you know. Well, look, we've gotten a little bit of pieces in every, you know, episode down the line in this season. And as opposed to the first two seasons, this two-parter, it's just two episodes, and it makes sense in the, the, the timeline of the season of the story that they're telling. And they don't completely abandon the A story, which is, you know, the burn. We get we do get a little bit of, you know, burn stuff in, in both of these episodes. It's clearly the, the B story of both these episodes, but we do get some. So I, I would say they did a better job on their, far better job on their tangent in, in, it, in it. And like Steve, I, I enjoyed these episodes. I thought it was a clever way to, say goodbye to Giorgio. I guess I'll, I'll ask you in a minute, Brian, you know, like why, why they wrote her off or the new plans for her, that kind of thing. We'll get to that later, but I did think it was a clever way to, to write her out of the series and um, leave it kind of hanging as to what the character Emperor Giorgio will be in the future. If anything, um, as far as the episodes go, I mean, you know, we go back to, you know, like Brian or Steven said, we go back to the mirror universe. It's not that interesting per se, I, I, I don't know if I wouldn't say it's not that interesting. I enjoyed, I enjoy Michelle Yeoh and the, the chemistry that they have. I thought they, they, they played off. I thought the acting was really good in the mirror universe. I don't know why I just, cause what they were trying to do with her is to show growth. So I kind of liked what they were, they were telling there, but um, we can get into that in a minute. Well, I mean, I think the original idea was, you know, they were going to do something with that uh, section 31 show, of course, that she was going to be the lead on that presumably was going to be back in the other time period. So, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons that she left. I mean, it doesn't feel like there was a lot for her to do in that new time anyway. You know, she was the, you know, she was the Lorca in, in the old time period, in the good Starfleet days, 
she is the kind of evil character and it kind of stands out. But just like she says in this season, um, in this universe, she's, <laughs> she's, I don't know, kind of a scoundrel among many. So it doesn't, you know, she's not as interesting or unique in that way. The character isn't. Uh, Michelle Yeoh is still amazing. I think I would have, I, I like, I, I enjoyed part one a lot more than part two. I feel like part one achieves most of what it wants to do. And then part two, it's, it's briefly still solid and good. And, and then it's weird to me that like Burnham, she evil Burnham, whatever mirror Burnham, she says that she's, that she's changed. And there's a lot to that, to that process, to her, coming back to into the fold. Uh, and then we have a big section where she goes and she takes out all the other people. Then she like a, she comes back again, like a double agent or something. I don't know. And it's like, wait, we've already been through this. This is all just kind of rehashed and it, it felt redundant. Um, so the episode kind of comes to a complete halt for me, whatever that is, 15 minutes into the episode two, part two, uh, which kind of made me wonder if maybe this would have been better as, one episode instead of two then you wouldn't have had to do some of the redundant stuff maybe i don't know you know it could have just it could have just been that she never comes back would that how would that have been any different to the character it would have been the same thing with burnham it would have been the same thing with Giorgio trying it would have been the same thing that guardian forever wanted to see that as far as the test goes it just would have taken up less time and and not had the the weird backtracking and redundancy stuff that i'm complaining about but that said especially the first episode, was probably the most enjoyable time this show has had in the Mirror Universe. So um, I liked that also another thing this that these episodes kind of did was because the Guardian makes it clear, like, like Jodie Foster's character in Contact, oh no, there's stuff on the watch. You were gone. You were gone. That was real. It was just some alternate... It was one of many other universe possibilities, but it did happen in a universe. And in the same token, we get that opening bit with, did you guys notice David Cronenberg is in this show? It's amazing. Oh, yeah. There's that bit. I think it's like, a, I think it's a Euridian, maybe. But he points out that this this person he's talking about was from the, he didn't say the Kelvin timeline, but we know that's what he was talking about briefly, which I think is the first time we've had the prime timeline reference the Kelvin timeline. So yeah, at least- it is. Mm-hmm distant into the future, they know that Kelvin timeline stuff happened in the Kelvin timeline, which means they also must know Prime Spock ended up over there, right? Because they're very familiar with him and what happened with him and when he was trying to save Romulus and all that. But that's a totally different conversation. Anyway. That's for season four. Right. Uh, But just him talking about that, you know, again, and then obviously talking about the mirror universe because he knows where Giorgio comes from and that uh, her sickness has to do with traveling too far between both time and multiverses. So I like how this kind of, I don't know, solidifies this concept, even though we're still, and believe me, this is what I always want. We're still spending the majority of our time in the prime universe and living in the prime universe. And those other things are just that other things. That's how I always want it to be. (laughs) I don't ever want, you know, next gen DS9 original. I don't ever want any of that stuff to be the other never, ever, ever. So this is good. I'm, I'm saying something positive that I like here. I like that they're acknowledging the existence uh, and importance of these other timelines without letting them take over the show or something. That's cool, and that's fun. 
And yeah, definitely this was the the most fun Mirror Universe time for me, probably just because Georgia or Michelle Yeoh is so amazing, as we've said many, many times. I think we're going to miss her a great deal, and we can talk about that. I noticed the second episode, it had a, like they did like a negative look on the main title sequence. Was that in the first episode too, and I just missed it? No, it was just the second. Oh, okay, I, they, okay. I think they made it negative and turned it upside down. That was pretty much <laughs> okay. the story. Yeah, yeah, I know, not a lot, but it was it was cute. I liked it. It was mm-hmm. fun. I think it's interesting the whole notion of where did where did uh, Giorgio go? You know, and I, I think they may have had one idea when they created this episode, and it may end up being something else in the long. Yeah, they run. were they were careful to leave it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's. It's earlier. It's, they, she right. has to be going early in the past. But that's other than that, they could do right. almost anything. They could. And this notion of when the universe is split up is intriguing. That's, I mean, that's a question that for, especially for Trek geekdom or whatever, I mean, you, you can't help but wonder, when did it happen? When did it deviate? And and now seeing like recent trailers for Picard's season two, you question that as well, all the all the tie-ins and whatnot. But it's all very interesting. I agree that she's 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 such a great presence that it will be missed on this show. And a lot of, at the tail end of this episode, I'm thinking of just... I want to see the series she's in. I mean, that, that's kind of where it went. I want to see. I want to see the the first episode of the series. She's yeah, I in. had that same thought. Like, I want to see the opening episode of this series that <laughs> yeah. she is on, and I want to see it open with a very quick recap. I want to see her standing in front of that Guardian of Forever and walking through, and I want to see that next second. You know, I really thought that. Yeah, yeah. And I think another thing this this did well. And and, I, and I, it's almost like setting the bar too low to have consistency, but because in the first episode, it, you know, it, very early on, you had that whole um, Colbert and the Cronenberg character, and they, uh, you know, it's basically establishing the rules. Like we've set up these rules of why this is, why she can't be here, why why this disparity, and you stick to it. So much of this is just make us understand your rules. It doesn't matter what they are. Just just establish them in some kind of fashion and then stick to them. And then we don't worry about that as it progresses. And you can just tell a story and proceed. And, and th- these, the, these two episodes did that, did that well. So, and yeah, I agree. It probably could have been one, it could have been one long one, maybe, but a, one, you know, without all the other stuff. But I guess, you know, if you're interspersing the, the, the primary kind of line of the burn and so on and so forth throughout, you know, but yeah. Yeah. What do we think of the guardian of forever? The fact that Carl was the guardian of forever. I was fine with it. I'll say for me, the first time I saw this, I thought it was a, I thought it was kind of a cheap fan thing, but this time I didn't think that at all. So maybe I was just being overly critical before they didn't go too far with it or anything. Yeah, that's kind of how I was too in terms of liking it more this time than last time. Yeah. Although, if you're really a fan, you see it coming like um, you know miles away because <laughs> because he, he's sitting there in the newspapers. He's reading the newspaper. All that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That seemed obvious to me this time, and it, and I it wasn't at all last time. <laughs> right, yeah. right. So I guess that was good on them. I like that that character actor mm-hmm. plays Carl, and we we know him from lots of TV shows and movies and stuff. Yeah. He's he's pretty great. He's so. Prolific. I was surprised that he hadn't been in any other Star Trek, but he hasn't. This was his really? first. So, yeah. When you're researching your trivia questions. No, uh, no, no, I do all those from memory. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I never look anything up. <laughs> um, yeah, but I like the bit where they used the 
the actual voice from the original. It must be that sounds and clips from the original show don't cost them anything. That's the only explanation for why they use them. <laughs> you beat me to the punch. I was actually going to say that was just the right amount of um, cheese, you know, to kind of like the the I am the guardian and forever. It was good. I enjoyed it. And I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I like that character actor too. I'm sure he enjoyed doing that role too. I want to see the behind the scenes. I assume they just literally played the sound from the, you know, from the old show and he was trying to time his voice to it. I want to see that. <laughs> How many takes did that take? Some scenes I enjoyed. I enjoyed the, um, I kind of enjoyed the scene with um, Saru and the Admiral there when he was explaining to them that you don't, you know, when a crewman's drowning, it's kind of, you see the evolution of Saru's captain being captain and kind of learning learning his way i'd still kind of tend to forget that you know he hasn't been captain that long you know so that was a good i thought that was a good scene there where he kind of learned a lesson um and then the next scene i mean it's cruel but it kind of made me laugh out loud you know with tilly and um giorgio in the mess hall you know right before she you know she's just laying mm-hmm. into her and assault her before she throws the food on her those are the things that i'll, I'll miss with michelle and the, the character going forward is just that uh you know anybody else you'd be like god this person's an a-hole but i mean it's just almost like a, she it's a beauty she's the way michelle portrays it, it it's like just beautiful to watch and listen to the insults and the and just that way she lays it out well you know it's pretty clear that they're they're showing how or even just over the course of these two episodes yes being in this universe has changed her and obviously we think she's better but she thinks she's better and she kind of understands why and stuff and and you think about how she was the first time we saw the character you know as and then think about what she says to michael as she's saying goodbye and that's pretty good that's that's pretty great character development, a sizable change, and believable. And it's and I think it's really what we need too, because this series we've talked about how Star Trek as a whole, you know, the, the whole notion is a hope and a better future and this kind of thing. And we we go this far in the future as we've addressed already, and things are kind of crappy. I mean, you know, it's not such a it's a not such a great long term outlook right but then you have a character that went from i mean the you know the the head of all what's awful in this universe to being something that's um you know has compassion and wants to try to change things and they do it in a believable way and and that's that's introducing some hope and you feel if that that's i think that's what makes it good is that because it feels like star trek when you start like doing that kind of thing and it's like positivity and you know change for the better and that kind of thing you do it in some kind of subtle believable way then it then it it feels like home again you know what i mean and that that's i think what what brings us back a little bit in these episodes yeah we get into i mean yeah brian you were you were lamenting the fact that they you thought they went a little bit long in the mirror universe and retelling that story and everything i i don't i mean i don't disagree with the fact that they could have tightened it up and and or anything like that. Um, I just kind of understand, I think I understand what they were trying to do because Giorgio, you know, before they went there, Giorgio was, was longing for her Burnham. She wanted her because she's like, my Burnham, you know, would do what was needed. She would give me the death that I wanted. And that's kind of been a little bit of a theme throughout Emperor Giorgio's time um, in this universe. Her, 
her longing for her um for her Burnham, even though you know that Burnham betrayed her and that Burnham is relentlessly evil. I think we kind of had to see that a little bit as an audience. Maybe we didn't, but I think that's what they were going for. They wanted to show us that. And it was also about her letting go of that Burnham. That that Burnham wasn't who she was anymore. That Burnham wasn't the Burnham she loved. It was, you know, our Burnham. And, and they kind of had to show that. And not only was it about her growth, it was also about letting go of her former life. Some of the B story stuff, uh, like the Booker, I mean, it was fine. It- I didn't see a lot of point of in it. Actually, the one thing that did, I didn't quite follow the whole controversy about them using some piece of technology that Booker, I mean, why the Booker had so they could further their investigation into the burn and the mystery uh, signal ship and all that stuff. Like, why was that such a big deal? Why was there so much like drama there? And, you know, and the Admiral had the line, Saru, like I, it's okay if you're distracted, but I need you to tell me because it was a Kelpian. I mean, it, it, I don't know. I just, I didn't follow like that entire scene, the drama level. I, mean, I don't quite understand. No, I agree. I think it was manufactured a bit. Yeah. So does his, does, I can't remember. Does the Admiral, he said, you know, they can use that technology to track discovery. Does, is that what ends up happening? I guess we'll find out in a few weeks. Is that what ends up happening? Do they actually, cause they, the Emerald, they, they want, discovery right that's what we're going to get into in these last yeah. couple of episodes they, they capture it at, at one point and i can't remember if they actually did were able to use that technology and maybe that's why they were alluding to it but i guess we'll get there but yeah i, I agree it's a little it's a little over dramatization and maybe the the scene where the crew is like toasting to Giorgio, that felt a little weird like i don't know it just seemed like they all felt I don't know. It was just maybe it was just a uh, anticlimactic after the the wonderful goodbye scene between Burnham and Giorgio. I don't know. Along those lines, anybody feel uh, teary eyed seeing Ariam again, even in the, uh, <laughs> the well, that's, uh, that was, universe? That's what I was saying, Brian. Did you want a more Similar. grand funeral that that was you know, in the in the shuttle bay with I like that, that over shots and music and everybody in dress uniform. No, I'm saying I think they could have done nothing. It could have just been Burnham and Saru and Tilly. And that well, I think it goes back to what you were saying. I mean, you know, maybe they could have fit all this into one episode. It kind of seems like they might have had to fill some time there. It, it didn't bother me that much. They did a little yeah, bit of tri- little tribute to it, to her. I like that whole, like, dramatic performance thing that that uh, Stamets is narrating, like, Giorgio's life the play or whatever it is that that was like like somebody actually choreographed just a tiny bit there or something you know it's like all right this is cool this is fun you you gave us the air dates earlier this aired like one episode per week like usual right 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 all right to 10th and 17th yeah of december yeah because it feels so if the the thought of just watching one of these feels sounds so weird to me Mm. Um, I believe they they cut it. I believe right when she was spared Michael's life, and that was supposed to be the dramatic cut or whatever. Because on disc, that's not what it is. There's a little bit more after that before we change episodes. I don't recall specifically what yeah. they do at the end so of that. Doesn't one, seem yeah. right. What are these episodes about? Well, I think we got into a little bit of you know, it's, these episodes definitely focus on the character Emperor Giorgio and and. They definitely show us where where she started, and 
where the character ends in Discovery, and hopefully we see her in another series down the line. But this, you know, it's about growth and change and letting go. It's kind of like a microcosm of life. You know, this character Giorgio, you know, she was a murderous tyrant, evil person when we when we first met her, and um, through her time on Discovery and with the crew she kind of became more human and more compassionate and she learned those things and hers was the most human <laughs> um so yeah it's it's to, to me you know that i think the point they're trying to make is um you know growth as a po- as a person and as a character you know with with moral you know with a moral structure and um also you know y- you can you have to let go to you have to let go of things to live that new life and that they they show that through Giorgio and in the mirror universe where, you know, she ends up having to kill her Burnham. And they also show it when she comes back and she has to, you know, leave the the Burnham that, that we all love. So that's what I took from it. Yeah, I agree. I think they did a pretty good job of that in the sense that it's a, it's a, it's a test. It's a, it's a, it, it is a test, but it's a redemption story too. And this notion of, coming to terms with one's past and then if you re- reliving it and understanding that some things are out of your control too, you know, like she, she had this chance to, what are you going to do if you could do it all over again? And she tried. And ultimately the test was she, she, she cared and she tried to make it happen. And that's, it's not like the outcome changed, but that's not what mattered at least to to the guardian forever and all this kind of thing so through that she she came to that realization that um you know just because you can't um make things different doesn't mean that you can't learn from them you can't become a better person you know so i think it's a rare example really in the in this season certainly of of a these two episodes together of being able to say you have a real meaning and and delivering some kind of moral and 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 uh you know conclusion for us and i I enjoy these episodes i guess you could say it's 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 not about the outcome it's about the intention right right where where you're coming from so if we come back here someday to see what seed we've planted uh sounds like these episodes might hold up because they're trying to be about something plus it's it's an awesome character and an awesome actress so those two things help and we're gonna miss them both Mm -hmm. I think we can come back to, you know, we're for the audience out there, I know we're, we're hard on Discovery. I know I have been. I'm very hard on Discovery. But the one of the things that I really enjoy about Discovery are, are the characters. I, Michael Burnham is a great character. George Hill is a great character. I, I don't, I don't, and I, I don't mean to speak for you guys, but I think we all enjoy most of the characters on this show. It's just the organizational structure that they put these characters in that frustrates us. So just want to put that out there. All right, let's do six degrees for terra firma. We're just going to do trivia today. Steve, you going first or second? I'll go first. Carl's newspaper has dated the year that Burnham arrives in the future. Was that... No, what year was it? No. Uh, Was that 3088, 3188, or 3288? Oh, boy. Uh, Let me think. You said 3088, 3188, and 3288? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, let's see. <laughs> God. Um, oh, good grief. I should have spaced it out more like 200 years instead of 100 years. Uh, how about 3188? Yes, sir. All right. Adam? 
this is her uh, final appearance, so now I can ask, in how many episodes did Michelle Yeoh portray either Giorgio or Mirror Giorgio? And I'm not counting the Short Trek episode. Was it 18, 24, or 29? I'm going to say 18. No, it was 24. 24. That was my second choice. Yeah. I made them both the, the B choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did we talk about the the first four movies, 4K disc set came that came finally came out? I believe we had a a uh, we had an episode where we recorded it the night we learned of it. it. Was the last we spoke of it. Okay, so we haven't talked since it came out. Yeah. Uh. Well, Steve, I assume you picked it up. I have it. I haven't watched it all. I've yeah checked it out, but I haven't watched them all. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch them all start to finish. But I've spot I've jumped around a little bit, and of course I did watch all of Star Trek three because, like Kirk says, when something's important to you, you make the time. <laughs> so I think I watched that at like one in the morning on a day I had to get up at six thirty. But oh god, it was it's just so great. I mean, I've seen things. I, I've watched that movie so many times that I can I can close my eyes and I can tell you every shot as it's coming just from memory and yet i saw stuff in there i haven't seen before and i've seen it i've seen it on film i mean but mostly i've seen it on home video over my life and it's just it was it was gorgeous space dock there's so much beautiful uh lighting and and detail there that i'd never seen before ever it's great i think everybody should pick it up i even watched um because the first place it got put up so I, I watched Star Trek 3 a couple of times because Apple iTunes updated their HD version to a new HD master that came from the new 4K scan. They did that a couple of weeks before the 4K version actually came out. Since I already owned them on iTunes, that meant I, you know, I got that upgrade for free. So I actually watched that. I sat down to watch just a few minutes of it, and I was like bowled over at how great it looked. That was streaming HD, and it looked amazing. And of course, since then, now I've actually done the 4K, and it's great. And I can't wait till I have time to actually watch them all. Yeah, I'm so glad they did this, and I'm very excited. Yeah, it's it's great. Well, I voted with my dollar, uh, so hopefully we'll get uh, the rest of them. There's a, I don't know if how many of our listeners are in Los Angeles, but that's where I live. And uh, the Skirball Center has a Star Trek exhibit for the next couple of months that just opened. I got my tickets today to go next month. It's, it's, you know, it's like a, honestly, I think they were timed stuff, even visits for their exhibits, even pre COVID, but definitely post COVID, you know, you have to buy your spot in advance and stuff. If you go on Thursdays, it's free, but you still have to, you know, book your free ticket well in advance. But anyway, a bunch of cool stuff uh, at the Scribble for this new Star Trek exhibit, props and costumes and scripts and Stuff not just from the original series, but from all the shows, I think. So that's going to be cool. We did get the release date for the book of Boba Fett. Oh, wait, that's the different podcast. <laughs> you, you do that. You, you do your Star Wars stuff like it's every other <laughs> week, right? You rotate it. Star, Star Trek with us. Hey, you know what? Star Trek now has four movies that went back to the original negative. We now have something that looks better than Star Wars. Because Star Wars hasn't done that. We laid down the gauntlet. There you go. Yep. You got That's right. Go back to the negative there. That's right. And it really does. It's very noticeable. All right, folks. We're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next two episodes of Star Trek Discovery's third season. 
Until then, you can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. So thanks so much for spending an hour with us. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. Stefan, I passed it.